So I'm speaking uh, with composer Jeff Cardoni, who has scored a wide variety of TV and films over the years, including uh, Disney's adaptation of uh, Where the Red Fern Grows, uh, Just Friends, CSI Miami, The League, uh, Wilfred, among many others. Uh, coming up, Jeff will be scoring The Michael J. Fox Show in the series Full Circle from Neil LaBute. Thanks uh, so much for speaking with me today. Great. Thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, great. Uh, so to start off, uh, what does music mean to you uh, personally, and how did you get into it, and what led to the composing path? Uh, music kind of means everything to me. <laughs> it's kind of an all-encompassing, uh, it just kind of takes over your life, you know, it has mm -hmm. since a really young age. Um, it's been all I really think about. Um, you know, my parents forced me uh, classical piano from age seven till about 14, I think, and that kind of started me on the course, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really appreciate it at the time, so uh, when I got to high school, I bought a guitar and a drum set to kind of rebel, and uh, <laughs> much to my parents' uh, dismay, but um, so after college, I spent a few years touring as a guitarist. Um, and in the travels, uh, my band's manager um, turned out to be a music supervisor out here in L.A. Um, so we would come out, uh, you know, several times a year to, to we did some on-camera stuff and we did some showcases. But I kind of got introduced to the world of film music that way. And uh, that kind of changed the course for me uh, in every way where I didn't, I didn't really want to be the band guy anymore. Uh, right. And uh, so I... I moved out here, um, took some classes at UCLA, and uh, just got the bug and kind of haven't looked back since. That was about 16 years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, have you, did you listen to scores growing up? Were you aware of it, or did it just come kind of like in the high school, college it, age? Uh, I, probably high school is when I really started. You know, I've always been kind I've always just been a, just consumed music in every form, you know? Right. Kind of just took in all pop music and, and, and everything. I used to have this little cassette recorder that I would record things from my parents' stereo. They had all their records. Um, they did have some movie music and a lot of, a lot of pop music, disco music, everything. But I would just became this, uh, just kind of took it all in. And uh, it, I, it's weird. At a really young age, I was always like an ear guy on the piano where I could sit down and play all these songs just because I just listened so much and uh, you know and it, when you started getting into scores it was the same thing just just con consuming as much as you possibly can and um, I don't remember when it was but there's a point when you know when you when you first started listening to orchestral music I feel like you didn't really understand you know you listen to a band you understand the guitar bass and drums and for me the real breakthrough was when you listen to an orchestral recording and you can hear what was playing what. And once, once you can decipher that in your head, once you got everything clear, that became just this, the puzzle became kind of unlocked for me. And then it, it kind of started this whole other, you know, thirst for knowledge and trying to understand what the greats were doing and, and you know, how it translated to film music. And right, right. So when you start on any project, uh, what about, uh, what about it gets your creative ideas flowing? You know, what inspires you about a project the most and influences your writing the most? Um, you know, they're all they're all so different. You know, um, because you know, with a film, I really try to be traditional and sit at the piano. I, I 
force myself to get a piece of uh, manuscript paper and put it in front of me, even if it's the most basic thing, but try to come up with the tune of the film mm-hmm. away from computers, away from everything else. Because I feel, you know, I feel like technology is just so... There, there's too much now, you know. Everyone yeah. gets overwhelmed with all these programs, and I, I'm not a tech guy, and I don't, I, you know, I don't buy the newest stuff. And I, I think I'd rather just get, you know, get comfortable with what I have and try to become more creative with what I have, you know, instead of buying the new flavor of the month, whatever the sample of the week is. Right, so, right. so you know, so a film, I really try to start with piano and melody, even though if it ends up not being anything piano at the end, just to at least there's some kind of musical nugget there and mm-hmm. it's not just sound you know uh you know and i say that but some stuff you never know but the way it ends up but i really do try to start with the tune first you know um tv's all over the place you know on this show full circle i read the scripts and um they had no idea what they wanted to do musically. So I just kind of had this picture, just from reading the scripts, because it's a lot of dialogue. Right. Um, there's, not, there's no exterior stuff, so it's really hard to score dialogue. So, you know, my initial conversations were, this has to be something, you know, minimal and cerebral and something in people's heads, or otherwise it's going to kind of feel like a soap opera if people are talking and you're scoring all the emotions. So right. I kind of, you know, for that one... I just tried to come up with some sounds that were real minimal and ended up just being uh, just a bunch of guitars that were all tripped out. And um, I have a xylophone sitting around here that I never really used too much. <laughs> and I had a bow. So I ended up bowing xylophone and using that as kind of this ambient sound. Wow. And it's kind of cool. It's, you know, kind of just this sustained, trippy, uncomfortable thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... It's weird, you know, the further I get into this, it's like I'm a traditional guy, but you can't always do the traditional stuff or you'll never work, you know. I mean, I love orchestral music. I, you know, some of my favorite things I've worked on were just pure orchestral, you know, and you're just you're worried about music. You're worried about notes more than sound, you know, and that's mm-hmm. if it was a perfect world, that's what I'd love to worry about. But but it's not, you know, and. You have to be a kind of chameleon, um, at least me, because I haven't really been pigeonholed yet, you know. And and I say that creatively, that's probably a good thing. But, you know, career-wise, if you are one of those guys that are known for a certain thing, you know, it kind of becomes easier to get called for that certain thing. Um, You know, but I'm not going to complain because I have – because I haven't been, I've I've been able to work on a lot of different stuff. You know, but – yeah, uh, yeah, but I think it's I think it's tough to it's like for if you get it, like so you're saying that you'd almost prefer to get pigeonholed. Well, no, you know I, I'm sure if I were, I'd be complaining about it that I was, you know. So <laughs> I, I'm sure if you talk to someone who's known for something, you know, I'm sure Rolf Kent probably never wants to talk about a quirky comedic <laughs> thing, you know, or you know, or Cliff Martinez probably wants to score a comedy because he's tired of being the ambient guy, you know. So. The grass is always greener, I'm sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and then to go back to your idea of the sound, you know, this, this Michael J. Fox thing is, you know, it's a half, it's a half hour show. So there's only so much you can do. Um, one of the producers for this, when I, when I first came in, he had an idea of this, this sound, this, he calls it high life. It's kind of this African-y, uh, kind of like Peter Gabriel-ish uh, but then he likes the sound of Vampire Weekend too, so it's kind of like this hybrid of trying to have some some worldish rhythms 
without so much world as instruments with some guitars. So, you, you know, at the end, it probably sounds like a rock band, but maybe sounds a little bit like the police or a little bit, you know, trying to do some cool guitar stuff, trying, you know, and again, every, anytime you work on something a half hour, it's like, we don't want it to sound like a sitcom, you know, and that's, that's the hardest thing because it is a sitcom. And right. when you got a 10 second cue, it's really hard to get in and get out without it sounding like a TV thing. So that's always a struggle. You know, it's fun to try to figure it out, but it's hard. Now is uh, the Michael J. Fox show, is that a, a just a single cam single yeah. camera or a three camera? No, a single cam, single cam. So it's shot like a, you know, film and Will Gluck, the EP is a film guy. I think this is a first TV thing. And, mm -hmm. And that's unique in, in also that Will uh, <laughs> hates composers. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't use a composer. Like he used a composer on his first film, but his other films since, I don't think he's used a composer. So he hates traditional, you know, traditional what a scorer would do. So that's also, that's also a challenge to work on something where they don't necessarily like what <laughs> composer does so you're you're trying to justify what you do to someone who doesn't like it but it's been really cool it's been he's definitely pushed uh you know definitely we've definitely tried some stuff that i probably wouldn't have and you know again i say that the end product probably won't be nearly as different as it everyone makes it sound but you know we really have tried to to you know as much as possible you know not be conventional even though it it, it, you know, there's no pizzicato strings or anything like that. I can assure you that. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, you can. I mean, uh, I'm one of my favorite uh, showrunners is Bill Lawrence, and his shows Scrubs and like Cougar Town. They have great music in a thirty, you know, thirty minute comedy, and I think it's a really tough thing to make a an identifiable sound and make it work. Absolutely, yeah. Scrubs, some of those little three seconders. That, that's tough, man. It's it's good stuff, but <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> So would would you say that it's harder to do a thirty minute comedy like Michael J. Fox or a one hour drama like CSI? Uh, I would say comedy a million times harder. <laughs> drama not easy, but I, I it's just you know it's more natural to me, and that right, was, yeah. was much different and much easier. Um, you know, and uh, uh, as a caveat to that, Wilfred is very uh, dark and dramatic for a half hour, so it, it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's right. This season has been like we sometimes joke that it's the last of sitcoms because a lot of the music is really like this trippy out there. So it's fun. It's really fun to do. It's hard, but it's fun. So well, yeah, for Wilfred, it's interesting because Jim Dooley started that show and then you came in. Um, so the, the, there's already a soundscape kind of like established. How did you work with that? Did you try to you know, redefine it? Yeah, you know, and I... I I'm a fan of Jim. I, I haven't spoke. I tried to reach out to him when this whole thing went down because mm -hmm. I don't. I, I don't know what happened or what the story was. You know, and you never. You always want to be respectful of someone right. who yeah. came before you. So, you know, um, it, from what I heard, they wanted to go a different way, and and nothing against him. Oh, so, yeah. so when I came in, it, it was literally they sent me an episode and just say do what you think and. It's hard because he had his sound, so but I didn't want to just repeat his sound because then what's the point of, of course, getting someone yeah. else? You know, and I, I was lucky because the first episode of season two uh, um, was was really um, dark and big and and pretty cinematic, and there was a lot of like so the first couple scenes I got to try some stuff that wasn't in the palette because they hadn't done anything like that before. So 
at least that gave me somewhere to start from that I wasn't just trying to rehash what he did because I, I thought his music was great, you know. Um, so it's been a struggle, and I, I, I tried to come up with a couple other tunes early in my episodes so I didn't have to repeat his tune uh, for the rest of the right. series because, uh, so, you know, honestly, I never watched every episode. And I, I, I did the same thing with CSR Miami. I didn't watch the earlier episodes because I didn't want to just do what was already done. Right. Um, so, you know, again, I don't know how different it actually is, but I, I, I tried to, to bring my own take on it as much as I could. I mean, that's cool. I think it's always interesting. I mean, it happens all the time in the industry where, you know, just creative minds think alike and or think differently. And, and I think it's just always interesting to see how one person fills in for, you know, what was already been established. Yeah, you know, and again, I think it was easier from because from what I can can tell, first season of Wilford was much more comedic, yeah. And season two went way darker and more into the 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 kind of mystery of it all. So I I got to do a lot more mysterious stuff that just wasn't done in the first season. So right, right. so that made it a little bit easier again. But that that's a hard one to do. There's a lot of uh, a lot of opinions in that one, <laughs> so which most of them have. So kind of going back to uh, Full Circle, which is uh, Neil Labute's kind of first uh, time with television. And I mean, he's done screenplays and directed. And just from the synopsis, it does, I mean, you're mentioning it does sound, it almost sounds like a stage play. There's a lot of dialogue. So mm-hmm. as, a, as a composer, um, when you're, and as you said, they didn't know what they wanted to do musically. So how did, how did you know when to score, when to back off, not even let the dialogue breathe, like how, how did you spot it? How did you know when to do it? It's, it's been a process, honestly. It's still <laughs> ongoing, you know, and yeah. what we figured out is some episodes don't have much at all. You know, they, they break it up into these acts, so it, it's, it's dessert, it's appetizer, main course dessert, mm, okay. as, as it's kind of split up as the conversation goes. So right. some episodes, it's really just music to break those parts up. And then as the season's been going on and progressing, some there's more traditional scoring, whereas uh, I, I just did episode eight and there was, there was, you know, 10 times more dramatic music. You know, in, in the first few episodes, they're really weary of uh, making it, traditional and making it sappy and melodramatic. You know, everyone's always scared of being melodramatic. I, right. I find that that's, that's a, a big thing. And, and I get it, but um, it, it's tough because my, you know, my favorite thing to do is emotional music. But it's, I mean, everyone's really sensitive to it in, in a lot of projects of not being on the nose and not being sappy. So, uh, so the first few episodes were definitely a struggle to not score things like that. If there was an emotional scene, not to really hit it over the head. Um, and I, I think we succeeded. Now, I say that I, I just looked at episode 10, and I just did a 13-minute cue, which was pr- pretty much the longest cue I've ever done in my life, I think. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, it, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty sound designing, but there's the, you know, the last episode gets pretty dark um, without giving it away, but it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So well, it'll be interesting to see how, how it goes. Yeah, it does sound like a very interesting experiment. Like, I can't wait to, it's going to, so October 9th on DirecTV is coming out, right? Yeah, from yeah. what I hear, yeah. It it's definitely seems to me like one of those shows that should be Netflixed and watched sequentially because it, it's definitely like, a, it, it's definitely uh, serialized. Right, right. To watch like episode five would, make, would be absolutely meaningless. So we'll see how they, how they put it out and how they get people to watch. 
because um, that seems like the future, to be honest, the, with all these short series and, and watching everything sequentially, which is uh, yeah, yeah, which is I mean, uh, House of Cards, to, I mean, and uh, Arrested Development coming back. I mean, it's it's setting the paving the way for the future. I think. Yeah, and, and as viewers, I think it's great for us when we get spoiled, but it's hard to go back to watching things the normal way and having to wait a week. I mean, Breaking Bad is killing me having <laughs> to wait a week now, you know, because I watched the whole five seasons in two weeks a little bit ago. So it's. No, uh, I, remember, it's I remember Lost, and that was torture for six seasons. So <laughs> Yeah, that was torture even if you watch it in a row. <laughs> I love it, and I, I, I'm a fan of it. That one was frustrating. I wasn't totally satisfied with the ending, uh, but I love it. And then Michael's music was amazing. Oh, that's, I love Michael so much. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, to, to wrap up, I always like to ask composers uh, this one question. If you could score any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer or the score, which film would you choose? Wow. Can you hit pause for a second? <laughs> <laughs> to delete this big long space? Wow, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna steer clear of all the John Williamsy stuff because that's I'm sure the obvious answer. Um, it, but that's tough because I would say I, I loved Planet of the Apes, but to think of another score of that uh, of Jerry Goldsmith, I I can't even. That would be too bad to even say that. So oh, I, yeah, I mean, it's not—it's not like to replace <laughs> the score. It's like if you were—if you had that opportunity to do it, you know, what, right. what, 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 what kind of playground would you love to play in, kind of type thing? Man, that is tough. I will say North by Northwest. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> because that—if I could—if if we could set back the clock and we got to write music like that again, that's what. That's what I like to do. And that's, I love Alexander's plot now because he seems to be able to write that small ensemble, uh, not small ensemble, but orchestral music that's not overbearing, that, that, that's nuanced. And right. that, I think it's amazing. And that's really uh, what I would love to write. You know, and I, I did a little film that's coming out in November uh, this year called uh, um, A Perfect Man that I kind of got to do that. I had a 30, 30 string group and it was very traditional, but hopefully a little bit modern, but that's, I, I feel like if there's ever something that I wanted to get pigeonholed for, that would be the score that I would like to be. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. They're trying to rush it out because it's, it sat on the shelf for like a year and a half, but uh, it's got Lee Schreiber in it and he's hot now because of Ray Donovan. So IFC is putting it out and hoping to capitalize on his, his uh, hotness. So, uh, <laughs> Hope to release a score for that one. So. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, IFC is doing. Uh, is it going to be like one of those on-demand kind of limited releases? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Story of my life. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to be the future. I mean, in the last few years, that's the, that's the thing. You know, limited theatrical VOD and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's better than not getting it out. I mean, I just I saw Ain't Them Body Saints, and I really loved that film, and I thought Daniel Hart did an amazing job, and. It's a shame that it's not getting wider release, but at least it's available, I think, to people that can just go under TV, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it, it, it enables people to find these movies that they wouldn't see, you know, if you're sitting at home and, and you heard of a movie that week and you could watch it for seven bucks or whatever. I, I think it's good. I've watched way more movies than I would if I had to go to the theater every time. So right, I, right. I think it's good, but it's definitely the future. Where If it's good or bad, I think it, it's where we're all heading. Right. So. 
We'll be interested to see. I, mean, I still prefer the th theater experience, but it's it's a nice convenience to have, which is, I think, where we're going to is convenience. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I, I agree with you, and I, I love the Arclight, and it's hard to go anywhere else once you go to the Arclight. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, every time I get one of these limited theatricals, you're like, oh, I pray that's the Arclight. But some of them do, some of them don't. So um, yeah. we'll see where this one ends up. All right, well, uh, good luck, and... Uh, Thank you so much for doing this. It was a great pleasure to chat with you today. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I love your site, and uh, thanks for talking.